Welcome to the Canoe. Thanks for giving us a shot. I'm Junior. And I'm Jordan. We're two pastors who do enough preaching. Yeah, instead, we just want to have some conversations about life. So stick with us. And if you haven't yet subscribed, we'd love for you to be a regular boatmate. Whether you're commuting, on a run, or in the kitchen, grab a paddle, hop in the canoe, and let's navigate a river together. Q&A River, here we are. We got a mailbag of questions in the canoe with us today. Excited to see where this takes us, Jordan. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. But, Junior, before we get to the first question, I just I want to say thank you. You're welcome. Not to you. I want to say thank you to everyone who's shared this podcast. We are extremely grateful. It's very true. Seriously, we would not be doing this if you weren't along. It just wouldn't be as fun. So no. And there really wouldn't be a point to it. So thank you for not just tuning in, but sharing these on social media and giving this canoe a solid push. We really do appreciate it. Junior, let's get to it. We got a lot of questions. I don't think we're going to get to them all. I think it just means we're going to have to do this river in the future again. Before I read this question, I want to say this. As we were watching these come in, there's a lot of faith-based questions. We've said this before. Junior and I are pastors. So there's a lot of Christians kind of in our canoe, and you're going to see that reflected in these questions. But if you're not a Christian, stick with us. We want you in our boat. There's room for you. I think you're actually going to find some of our answers to some of these things pretty fascinating. All right, let's get to this. Question number one. Let's pull this mailbag out here and get to it. All right, this one actually comes in all the way from Mexico. Mexico. Are we nearing the end times? Yeah, that's a common question. You know, what's interesting is if you believe the Bible, we've been in the final days since Jesus left. A quick answer. Yes, we were in the final days. We are in the end times. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Junior. But they mean like, are we near the end of the sure, world? Right, we right, got right. COVID. I mean, crazy stuff's going on like right now. So like, are we nearing the Antichrist, yeah. tribulation, second coming of, of Christ, for sure. So Christians are to live as if we are. Have, having said that, I hate to get caught up into the speculation of when and how long, because a lot of people will get really obsessive about prophecies, and they start reading into things and speculating, and it really does do more bad than it does good. A lot of weird ideas have come from prophecy obsessions, including cults. Like Some cults have started from taking a prophecy and a revelation. A lot of weird stuff. Yeah. And, and I think, too, it's partly because revelation has a lot of symbolism, and I think people take that symbolism out of context, so when they don't like something, they just call it the mark of the beast. Sure. You know, or, yeah. or even bigger, when they don't like someone, they just call him the Antichrist. Which is so awful and yeah. so unchristlike and not okay for Christians. Oh, it's terrible. Now, in this last year, my thinking on this subject has changed because I, I used to think, oh, we're so far from the end times, you know, like prophecies of one world governments and all that. Maybe it's a mixture of COVID and age, but I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like, well, oh, this could happen pretty quickly. Like our whole world in the last year has united around one virus without force. And so it just shows like some of these prophecies could happen very quickly. Do I, do I know if we're close? I have no idea. Do I think they're close? Yeah, I, sometimes I think so. That's just my personal opinion. I will say, the sky is not falling like everybody says, but Jesus is coming, and until he does come, we got work to do. All right, next question, and this is a little bit more of a lighthearted question. The question is, is did you two become instant friends? And the answer is no. Yes. What are you talking about? We, were, we bonded were the first from the time. minute we saw... Okay, so I, first time we we did not. First time we <laughs> met at Starbucks because we were looking to hire a youth pastor. You were yeah. coming out of college. I needed to hire a youth pastor. I was so this was like my interview kind of. It was kind of the interview, yeah. It. And we sat down, and um, it was it was an interesting. I wore my best short shorts. Yeah, I wore my best hat. Yeah, and your backwards. hat was like kind of sideways. Backwards. <laughs> it was not. No, it you was, know what? It was backwards. But you know when you like sit down, sometimes it peeks to the side a little okay. bit. Well, all I happens. just remember is I was staring at a guy who had like short shorts and a little bit of a sideways hat. And he's <laughs> and you sat down. And he said, "Hey, man, my friends call me Chunga, so you can call me Chunga." And I was like, "I'm not gonna call you that. I'm gonna call you Jordan." I remember you saying that exactly, and I was like, "Oh wow!" And then you made fun of my car. Yeah, you made fun of my name. Okay, and but let's. What car did you drive? I had the PT Cruiser. Okay. 
<laughs> I, I urban dictionary. I knew you were going to tell this story. So I urban dictionary PT Cruiser. The definition was the PT Cruiser is the mullet of automobiles. Yeah, and mullets are awesome. <laughs> and then it says, yeah, it's retro. Yeah, that's it? what I saw. Retrotastic is oh. on Urban Dictionary. So anyways, I, we left that interview and I was like, I'm not. We're not going to hire Jordan. We're not going to hire Chunga, this guy that Sideways had in the you short that? shorts. This and is, this is dad, new to me. I yeah, did not know this. Yeah, so. and my dad was like, no, 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 you need to give this guy a second chance. And then I called you up and was like, all right, let's, let's do this. And it worked out really well. And we became really good friends. Next question. What's in the balance in sharing truth and love on social media? This is a good one. So, so what's like standing up for what you believe in versus loving your neighbor? Yeah. The question, another question she said was, should I share pro-life advancements? Okay. So I hate this question because it's, it's one that has been bouncing around in my mind for quite a while and I don't have a great answer. We've been so talking about this for a while. We have. Fact is there's a lot of idiots on Facebook promoting horrible things, you know, virtue signaling, it's infuriating and it's hard to keep my mouth shut. But if I comment and share something from the other side, you know, you get, you get canceled. Yep. It, it's like the proverb, Jordan, uh, you know, the proverb, don't answer a fool according to his folly, lest he become like him. And then the very next verse is answer a fool, like do answer a fool according to his folly, lest he become wise in his own oh, eyes. Yeah. It's so confusing. It is confusing. The proverb isn't contradicting itself. Rather, it's saying this is so situational. Some fools you answer because they'll listen. Some mm. fools you don't because they'll never, you'll never convince them. And I kind of see that with social media. Some things are worth addressing. Um, because some people will listen and some things aren't because it'll do absolutely no good. But I, getting back to the question, the balance in that, I don't know. I, I personally lean heavily on leaders around me to bounce ideas off of before I post. I pray over posts. I give it time so that I'm not making like rash emotional posts. You know, like Jordan, I've, I've even texted you and been like, bro, I'm thinking about posting this. What do you think? And usually like you're my filter with a lot of sermons yeah. and <laughs> and you're a good filter because uh, I need a filter. And so yeah. sometimes you're like, bro, don't post that. It's not going to do any good. So I do that with Jordan. I do that with um, my dad, who we, we work with, with um, with other leaders and other pastors on staff as well. What, what's your thoughts on this, Jordan? I've decided just to use my social media to post about the things I love. If you look at my social media now, you're just going to see a lot of pictures of my kids and videos of my kids and my wife and friends. I post different Bible verses or quotes about God because, right, like that's what I love. Sure. I think some of the other controversial stuff is just better talked about in friendships and not with random yeah. keyboard warriors. Right. You know? so, yeah. so that's kind of where I've landed. As of now, I'm just going to post about the things I love. I guess the safe bet is, is don't argue on social media. Like fighting on social media is like peeing in the wind. Feels great at first, so relieving, but you just get messy. Fact is, conversations are far better than social media. So I like it that you said that, Jordan. Yeah. And and, and I, I listen, I know some guys, maybe you do too, Jordan, they act all tough online. You know, as you said, keyboard courage. And they're a fool that you don't answer. But in conversation, they're not so tough. I'll, I'll talk to some of these guys. Yeah. It's like they're so tough online, but then you talk to them in person and like they'll listen and, and respond well. It, the truth is, though, information is power. I mean, so I get like being positive, but information is power. And so I think pro-life advancement should be public. Uh, they certainly won't be on the news. That's not going to be celebrated in the news. So I think that stuff is mm. good to share personally. Junior, did you, you got some flack last year, didn't you, for not sharing some certain social justice trends? Yeah. Well, a bit. So, okay. So here's the thing. A big danger with social media is it is so easy to bear false witness. Do not bear false witness is one of the Ten Commandments. This is a big commandment. What does that mean? It means... Don't act on partial facts and sentence someone prematurely before the full story has been made known. So like there's horrible, wow. there's been horrible injustices that have happened through bearing false witness. Yeah, so that, like, that's our whole system right now. Right, It's, right. it's the whole presumption of, of innocence is gone. No, yeah, so there's no longer innocent 
until proven guilty. You're guilty. Yeah, so I have a good friend. He's a good man, um, and he, often he's in our canoe. Someone photoshopped something inappropriate in his hands, and it went viral in the community. People were, like, sharing it. People were hating this guy for no reason. It was false information, spread like wildfire. I mean, his wife wow. and kids were broken over it. And it's an example of several people finding misinformation and running with it, really hurting a family. That's bearing false witness. Happens all the time. So as a general rule on social media, I don't jump on quick partial stories that condemn someone with a few facts. That's breaking a commandment. And, and yes, because of that rule of mine, I get accused of not allying with people who I love so dearly. But, but that's not it at all. I mean, like uh, Ahmaud Arbery, who was uh, gunned down last year uh, yeah. by a couple of racists. It was terrible. horrible. The facts came out terrible. I ran and I posted that I ran. And still someone commented, you know, oh, it's not enough to run and post. You're not doing enough. You don't really care. And it's at that point that I just kind of like came to the conclusion. It's like, okay, I'm not going to satisfy everyone nor convince hardly anyone of anything different on Facebook. It's more about following what you know to be right. For me, it's scripture, having good intentions and loving and being good to people. So yeah, information is power. Wield it with wisdom. I know that's a messy answer, but it's just kind of like where I'm at in that whole thought, mm. which is an ongoing conversation. Yeah, that's good. All right, well, we're going to get to question number four. But first, we got some canoes. Wow, that sounded really good. We're getting good at that. All right, Junior, I came across this story. Uh, the first orangutan and bonobos, that's some kind of monkey, at okay. the San Diego Zoo, has just received a COVID-19 vaccine. Oh, thank goodness. I was so concerned about the monkeys <laughs> during so this pandemic. A monkey is getting a vaccine before us, 60, 70% of America. And remember, like the last canoe story, they were picking coconuts and PETA got involved, so they all got fired, and then they got shots for COVID. Yeah. We're put yeah. to work, and we don't get COVID vaccines. And you got a monkey sitting in the zoo, but at least he's safe. You know what? The end times is coming. I take back my whole answer on that. <laughs> this is the end times. I bet that a monkey doesn't wear a mask. <laughs> All right, Jordan, I'll toss question number four at you. This one comes from a parent of older kids, older meeting like high school and college. So I'm sure this is a conversation in their house. But what guardrails did you have when you dated your spouse? And I, I, she means rules. So to like rules to stay pure, guardrails to keep you from having sex before you, you, you get married. To be honest, I think I just needed bigger guardrails. <laughs> yeah? I, yeah, I was, like a, I was like a Mack truck, and my guardrails were like little pieces of yarn. Really? I mean, they weren't good. And so, and listen, my, my wife and I, we didn't have sex before we were married, but we definitely went farther than intended. And so okay. I, I feel a little hypocritical throwing these out there, especially when we didn't, when we didn't hold to them. But honestly, I wish we did. And so I'm going to kind of approach it from you. Sure, sure. No, I appreciate the honesty. So first, you have to have a clear definition of what's wrong. I believe that all sexual expression was designed by God for the marriage relationship, period. So I, I used to think, hey, you know, it's fine to make out. You just got to cut it out before it gets too intense. Sure. Which but it, there is no like clear line with that. Yeah, because again, right. it's hard to bring a Mack truck going 80 to a screeching stop, right? So, so, right. so I think making out, it's actually sexual in nature. Yeah. I think a good guardrail is just no making out. Nothing good came from when me and Lindsay started making out. Another good guardrail, I would say, and this is not just purity related. This is just smart for couples. And it's don't spend all your time together. That's just not healthy. You know, I, I had a friend who I knew whenever he started dating a new girl. We're not going to see him until they broke up. And they always did break up because two people spending all their time together 24-7, 
That's just doomed to fail. Like that's not healthy in any relationship. So if you're dating, make sure to spend time with your own friends, spend time together with each other's friends as much as possible. You know, I read an article on that about uh, this this older lady. She was like in her 90s. She wrote this article saying that her parents for her had a rule that she could not in high school, not in college, but in high school yeah. when when it shouldn't be super serious in high school. Let's just put it that way. You're not ready to get married, so yeah. it shouldn't be super serious. And so her parents had this rule for her that you couldn't go out twice in a row with the same guy. So that like, let's say she wanted to go out with Johnny and she went out with him Thursday, but she also wanted to go out with him Monday. She'd have to find like a dentist to go out with on Saturday. Not necessarily like a romantic date yeah. just to hang out with so okay. that you're you're meeting different people and, and not so stuck on one person spending all wow. the time together. Yeah, that's quite the rule. Yeah, I'm not saying do that. Yeah. But it was, it was, uh, it's, it's interesting that you say it's a guardrail because that's a good guardrail, it is. actually. Well, do you have any other guardrails for you and Nicole? Yeah, you know, it, it was similar to what you just said. I, it goes back to Song Solomon. Solomon writes, don't awaken love before it is ready. Yeah. That's the main thing. It's so hard not to mm-hmm. in that sense, especially when it comes to making out or uh, even being in a house alone. One of my guard rules or guard rails, guard rules, I guess works too, was uh, nothing after midnight. Nothing good happens after midnight. So, you know, cutting the movie out around that yeah. time. <laughs> That's so funny. That's my, It's not like such a parent. That's what my dad would always say. Nothing good happens it's after midnight. It's so true, though. It's so true. Well, Junior, since we're on the topic of intimacy, here's another question. How do I continue to bring our marriage closer per your recommendation through sex when the interactions are not as passionate? So this this person's asking, you know, hey, I want to bring my marriage closer. You guys have talked about sex and how that's good. But man, our sex is not very passionate. What would you say to this? Person. Well, first of all, I'd say I freaking love the honesty. I wish us Christians were honest like this more. Uh, Jordan, you know what this reminds me of is last summer you and I were sitting around a fire and we were talking about marriage and intimacy because we had yeah. we we're, we're studying some sermons on it and we were talking about there's seasons <laughs> where sex life is great, like especially in the honeymoon phase. You know, the couple's learning each other, figuring things out. Then the kids come along, and oh my gosh, they're like you know romance monsters. They just eat it up, oh, and and it's terrible. difficult to have much passion when you have kids. You're tired and rushed. It's like a roller coaster. You know, you have some exciting parts, some exciting seasons, and then you have some more slower parts. But at the end of the day, I do remember something that you said, Jordan. It was so simple, but it's so true. You made the comment: sex isn't everything. Our sex-driven mm-hmm. society makes it everything, and it, it is powerful. Sex is very powerful, um, and it's not to be taken lightly. But it, you're you're right. I mean, it's not everything. Don't believe Hollywood into Intimacy can be achieved without wild, crazy sex. I mean, passion helps, of course, and it's good to investigate how to reignite passion in the marriage and all of that and relearn each other. But passionate sex is not like the end-all goal with everything. And wouldn't, you, wouldn't you agree to that, Jordan? I mean, you made the statement. So what would you say yeah, to this question? No, I agree. I also think, too, something that I've learned and that's helped me is the difference between me and my wife. So for, for me, my sex drive is connected to, well, you know, but <laughs> my, my wife... Her sex drive is connected to her heart. So sex is way more emotional. We know this. Sex is way more emotional for women. Like you see in all the movies, you know, all, all about makeup sex. Mm-hmm. Listen, I don't know about you, but one time I tried it. My wife was it really, work. It, I, my wife was really mad at me one time. And I just said in the middle of the fight, I said, babe, forget about this. Let's go have makeup sex. That didn't, didn't work. work. Oh, I'm that, glad that, you <laughs> said it didn't work because people talk about makeup sex. I'm like, I, I, this never works for me. Yeah. So it's good I've that I get this from you. No, my wife's like, why, why? that's the last thing I want to do because I'm so mad at you. And, and so listen, all this to say, guys, try to win your girl's heart serve her sacrifice for her go all out go all out for her and ladies and i'd say to, to this person my advice is you just keep trying to serve your husband and yeah. and as you do that he'll want to serve you and it's, the relationship will get better i love that it's a scripture of don't grow weary of doing good 
I, okay, but let me say this too. Sex sometimes can be an indicator. Not always, but sometimes. Yeah. If there's no sex, often it can be an indicator of an unhealthy marriage. I mean, that's just that's just true. But but that's not always true. A couple can be passionate can be passionate in bed and then have this horrible, dysfunctional, and unhealthy marriage. I think the main thing is is don't feel this pressure to achieve some Hollywood depiction of intimacy. Instead, pursue your spouse. Have fun together, laugh together, go on an adventure together, do fun things, serve each other. That achieves intimacy. Yeah, and who knows that enjoyment of each other outside of the bed can maybe possibly lead to more enjoyment inside the bed, but that's not the goal and don't pressure yourself to make it that way. All right, let's dig into another question here. Here it is. Will we experience heaven right away? Yeah, that's a good question. Something that I think we've probably all thought about, right? Like eternity. What's going to happen the minute we die? For the Christians, we believe that the minute you die, you go to be in the presence of Jesus. Yeah. You, you go to heaven. Jesus said to the thief on the cross that was next to him, he said, today you'll be in paradise. Scripture says for believers to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. And one day God will create a new earth. Our bodies will be resurrected, they'll be made new, and we will live in the new earth. And I'm glad you brought up the new earth, because I think too, a lot of times people think that when we die and we go to heaven, that's like the final heaven. Right. But really, that that's like a temporary heaven. It's a temporary it's holding a temporary place. place. The, the, what we think of heaven right now is really where souls are detached from the body, and they are. It's like a, a really awesome, super awesome waiting room until the new yeah. earth is created. But yes, between death now and the future recreation of earth, believers experience heaven right away in that super awesome waiting room where unbelievers wait final judgment in a horrible waiting room. But the day will come when believers will receive a new body the resurrection and will enjoy the new earth, which is just as physical as this earth is right now. And unbelievers will face eternal separation from God. All right, Junior, here's another question. It says, we are nearing the one-year mark of being in a pandemic. In your lives, what was the most positive thing to come out of a generally terrible year? What a, what a positive person. I want to be friends with whoever did this. Yeah, I'm glad they're in the canoe. Uh, well, I'll let you answer this one first, Jordan. I don't know what it is, but I really think that this year has given me more confidence in my faith than ever before. Really? Yeah, like, I think I've discovered that I really just believe that I believe. You know, maybe that sounds super hyper-spiritual, but I do, I, there, I think it's a question we all ask, like, how do we know when we believe something? And this year, I just... COVID did that for you. Yeah, like, I, I just didn't have fear over, not that, like, oh, look at me, that's the mark of, you know, being super, but, like, sure, I really, really just yeah. believed that, like, and even, too, with politics going on and all this stuff, things falling apart, like, I just kept going back to man, God is so good. Just resting in the security of his love for me, but also of the future. And just like, it, it was awesome for me in that. That's, in that not, that's not free from suffering. Like I saw it all around me. But even in the midst of it, I was like, I'm so glad I have hope and I have more. You know, for me, I, I remember a friend of mine had, had made a statement. He he'd said, uh, were you exposed to COVID or by COVID? It made me think because at first, there's a few things that COVID exposed in me that weren't so good. When COVID hit, I was in, I was in routine so much so that it was unhealthy to the point where I was so dependent on routines. I didn't like having a, a break in my routine. And when COVID hit, it just kind of like rattled me, not in the sense of like spiritually or anything like that, it just rattled my routine. And so I, I started spending more time with, you know, my family at home. I was kind of forced out of the office and forced to interact with my family more, I forced to go up to camp more. I went up to camp quite a bit, made you, fires. You lived up there. We lived up there at camp. And it just, <laughs> it, it, COVID forced yeah. me to just get out of my routines and to see life a little bit differently. And in that, I was able to experience God in fresh ways because I was out of my routines. I wasn't so dependent on my routines as more dependent on what God had for me that day. What a good question. In fact, I think that'd be a good thing for even a try it out. 
Okay, Jordan, so you just said that'd be a good thing for a try it out. That confused me. I don't know. What, what, what do you mean? I was thinking, that's a great question. And ask yourself, in this last year, despite everything going on, what's what's a positive thing that's happened through it for you? All right, well, we have reached the end of Q&A River. It feels a little premature of an ending because we still have questions yeah. in the mailbag that we didn't get to. But here's the, here's the thing is, I, I think this just means we got to go down the river, not next time, but coming up here. And so I, I would say this, keep sending questions in because we'll keep collecting those questions and we'll get to them on the next time that we go down this river. And as always, like and subscribe, write a review on our podcast. All that stuff really helps us out. And listen, if this has been helpful in any way, share it with a friend, share our podcast. We love doing this and it's because of you that we're doing Those it. Those shares go a long way. And I, I love getting even messages from people that we've never met saying, hey, this is really awesome. Thanks for, thanks for doing that because of you sharing the podcast. So thank you so much for doing that and please keep it going. Until then, we'll see you in the next river.